Alright, and we are back. Welcome to another edition of the Jazz Nation podcast. My name is Daniel. I am the admin of all those Jazz Nation pages that you're following online. Let's see through Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. You can find the links for all these pages in one simple spot. Just go to linktree.com forward slash Jazz Nation news. And on this episode, we have an interview with a, uh, if you're watching jazz games, you've probably seen this guy on the TV a lot, especially here in the month of December. His name is Kyle Nelson. You probably don't know that, but you will know him as the NBA elf. If you watch jazz games, and if you're not, I have no idea why you're listening to this podcast, but if you're watching jazz games recently and you see somebody dressed up in an elf outfit, well, this is him. He's got a lot of interesting stories to share with us about his experience as being a jazz fan, and then, of course, uh, getting to actually know some of the jazz players and other NBA players, so... Let's get into it. Let's get into this week's episode and get into this week's interview with the NBA Elf. All right. Thanks so much for joining in with us. We are back and we've got an interview to get into right now. We're here with Kyle Nielsen. Yep. Uh, tell us you're from Utah without saying you're from Utah when your last name is Nielsen. Uh, people outside you from Utah may not understand that joke, but it's a thing. Um Anyways, also known as the NBA Elf, right? Kind of popular with that. So if you ever see the Jazz game and there's somebody on the sideline dressed up as an elf, and you're like, who's that crazy person? Well, that's him. Um, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being on the podcast finally. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. You are a busy man. I appreciate your time. So let's just jump right into this. So the first thing I like to do is ask some questions here to, so we can help to get to know you a little better. These are going to be just rapid fire questions. So don't think too hard on these questions. Just answer them as quickly as you can. Are you ready? I guess so. <laughs> All right. The first question is, what is your favorite fast food place? Lately, I've been on an In-N-Out kick. All right. Um, this is kind of, I'll do this in a two-part question because I know you're a traveler. So the question is, what is your favorite sit-down-and-eat place, like a restaurant? So give us maybe a local one and then maybe one you've uh, discovered recently traveling. Okay. So local, it's a toss-up between Sunday's Best and Oak Woodfire Kitchen. Um, both amazing. And then um, when I'm traveling, I actually just like to try new places. Like I, if there's a chain, I try to avoid chain restaurants when I'm on the road. I just try to find a local spot or something that's kind of specific to that region and give it a try. Cool. Cool. Respect. All right. Next question. All-time favorite band or artist or your top three? Oh, man. I, I love all music. Music, like, oh, that's tough. Oh, man. Or what are you getting down to right now? What's what's been on the playlist recently? Um, recently, dude, I, my my playlist is so eclectic. But I mean, a lot. Of, I've been listening to a lot of Post Malone lately. Um, uh, kind of been on like a '90s emo punk, pop punk kind of recycle. All right, coming back um, to My Chemical Romance and things like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> just that kind of stuff. And then obviously Christmas music this time of year. And uh, and I listen to a lot of Christmas music throughout the year as well. Oh, okay, cool, cool. All right, next question. What is the last concert you went to? Last concert was Post Malone. Sweet, sweet. All-time favorite movie? I mean, I'm going to have to say Elf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, again, like, again for me, music, I'm, I'm a film school dropout. So for, for me, movies are a lot of, a lot of things too. It's like genres, but yeah, I mean, Elf, uh, anything that's feel good that makes you laugh. I'm not a big like film analysis person. I like, if I'm entertained, I love it. So like, I, I actually love the Star Wars stuff, the Marvel stuff. Like I'm a, I'm a big nerd. 
So anything that's kind of nerdy um, and not too like harsh reality, like real world, then I'm I'm good. Cool. Next question: What is your favorite TV show, or what is something you're binge watching recently? Uh, the Office is on a pretty steady rotation in in my house. Um, and then when I'm not watching, you know, The Office with my wife, um, the different, I guess, the different uh, Mandalorian, you know, Star Wars shows, the Netflix series, you know, stuff. But uh, um, also big Law and Order, Law and Order guy, um, oh. Law and Order, Criminal Intent, SVU, all that kind of stuff. Sweet. All right. And here's the final question, really to help us get to know you. I know you're a big shoe guy. So what are your favorite kicks you have? Maybe your top three that are in the closet or maybe even a pair that you don't have, but you are wanting so badly. So my, my grail shoe is the Nike air mag, the back to the future auto lacing shoe. Um, That's just, you know, if money wasn't an object or, you know, whatever, I'd pick up a pair of those and, and have them on display. Um, I like a big, really big into Jordan fours right now. Um, and, uh, I mean, just anything comfy and it's comfortable. I, I wear black most days except for my shoes. So like my shoes are my only, uh, kind of defining piece of, of clothing. And so I kind of tend to go brighter and wilder on my shoes that I, that I choose to wear. Sweet, sweet. All right. Thanks so much for answering those questions for us. So let's just jump into everything else here. Before we jump into maybe like the basketball and jazz questions here, I'd like to get to know you a little bit more here as a person. So maybe tell us where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? High school, college, and things like that. Give us a background here, please. Yeah, so I grew up in Southern California, San Bernardino. Um, moved out of San Bernardino in 2003 when my family or my childhood home house burned down. Um, and that, uh, my parents moved to, uh, Mapleton, Utah. Um, I stayed down in California and then I went on a, on an LDS mission to Mexico city for a few years. Then I came back, was in Utah for a few weeks, moved back down to Southern California. And then, uh, that's where I met my wife and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm California raised, but I've been in Utah now living, um, since 2009 is when I moved back, um, you know, bought a home and started a family and all that kind of stuff. So I even made a Utah joke about the name and it wasn't even true. You're a California man. I mean, now I feel, dad, now I feel my, stupid. Oh, no, no, you're good. My dad's, <laughs> my dad's from Utah. Uh, okay. uh, the Nielsen's are from Utah and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. But yeah. I went to Pacific high school, played water polo, swam, um, did a uh, community college and then some film technical school classes and things to, work towards a film degree in digital film and um, didn't finish that because I started working for the company that I'm with now and it was ramping up and just kind of in a big startup mode. And I just told, uh, told myself I'd ride the wave till it crashed, especially once I realized that film directors make about 10 grand a year. Um, you know, it's probably including the tips from tables they're waiting, but um, not, not wasn't really a, a, a job for me or a career path that, look conducive to the the family life and the lifestyle that I wanted to be able to provide. And so I've just been uh, working in the pest control and direct to home uh, services space since 2007. So. Cool. And that actually leads right into my next question. So I know per your Instagram here, it says your, your position is you're the president of sales for, is it active sales? Is that how you say it? Yep. Active. Yep. So what exactly is that? I mean, I've heard that name a lot. I don't really even know what it is. I mean, obviously it says sales, but what exactly is that company? And you said you've been with them since the get-go. What exactly, how how did you rise to becoming the president, I guess? 
Yeah, so I, I started off with the company as a service technician, actually. Aptiv, Aptiv is an environmental services company, um, residential pest control. Um, we've had a few different brands as we've grown and scaled the company. We've kind of built a brand, sold that off to like a Terminex or, uh, you know, a bigger strategic partner, built another brand, um, you know, sold that customer base off. And then Aptiv was the brand that we launched in 2015 and we, you know, the, the goal with this one is to never have to like sell the customer base off to anybody else. Um, we're currently the fifth largest residential pest control company in the nation. And we've recently added solar to our offering and, and things like that. But yeah, I started back in 2007 as a technician, um, you know, blue collar minimum wage, spraying houses and doing the, you know, the, the schedules and routes every day and uh, worked my way into a service manager position, managing those, uh, the service techs that I was a branch manager in the Bay Area, um, started a, a branch up in the Bay Area, East Bay, um, where it was in that position for about a year and then switched over to the sales side of the company and moved to Utah and started kind of doing the the recruiting and sales training and building. And um, it was kind of an interesting career path because I knew the products really, really well from the operations side. I'd been to people's homes. I'd seen the products work. And so putting kind of that infield knowledge or that, like, I actually know that this stuff, what this stuff does and how it works and how to apply it and what I would do if I was the one servicing the home, putting that into actually how to sell the product was, was a really cool path because there wasn't as much of a gap between sales and operations. It was me selling the product, how it actually worked. And uh, so I was a sales rep for a year and then managed a team as a team leader for a year. And then I was a division manager and then a regional sales manager and then a VP of sales. And as we've grown and scaled, now I'm one of the presidents of sales in the company and it's been a, been a fun ride. And that's cool. I mean, I got to say, that's an interesting story going from a film school dropout to just working the way up. I mean, if that's not the American story there, congratulations to you. Hard work pays yeah. off. So I guess I'm the, the, the Drake of the Drake of pest control. I started from <laughs> now we here. <laughs> that's dope. Awesome. So, all right, well, let's get into some actual basketball and jazz talk here. So uh, your family said it's from Utah. So I'm assuming since forever, you've always been a jazz fan or did that become more recently? Yeah. I mean, my, my dad, we grew up watching the jazz games. I remember watching, you know, the jazz lose to the bulls and, you know, all that kind of stuff in the nineties. Um, being from Southern California where I was born, I was also, you know, Lakers Kobe fan. Um, I was in the era of, you know, the first space jam and, and Michael Jordan in his prime too. I mean, who wasn't a bulls fan in any, in any of the U S you know, growing up except for Utah jazz. Um, <laughs> but like, who wasn't a Michael Jordan fan? Um, so Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, you know, hence the Lakers and, uh, and now, now the Jazz. Um, but the Jazz have always been part of our, you know, our family. And then moving here really cemented it. Um, we've had, you know, season tickets and uh, things through work. And I have my my own and um, being at the games and getting to know the players and kind of seeing, you know, Rudy Gobert come in his rookie year and Donovan coming in his rookie year and build like it's been really fun and um, Utah is a smaller community. And I think like the cool thing about a, a smaller team or being a small market when I don't really think we're a small market is that I feel like we, I feel like we get to know our players better than like a Lakers or a Nets or a Knicks because the city's so big, the fan base is so big, everything's so crowded, like they're shuffled and they're shuffled out. Um, and I, I love, I love it here. I love it here. I love the team, love the jazz, uh, love the organization. 
So do you have like a memory from growing up? Like what, what is your first like jazz memory that you can recall of? Um, I mean, my, my dad, you know, Stockton and, and Malone calling Malone the mailman and me not really understanding what that meant. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I really, it was just that. And honestly, I, I, I vividly remember watching, um, was it 97, 98? No, what were, yeah. When we were Western conference, anyways, like it was like 97 or 98. I remember, I remember the, the, the finals game where we lost and, and, uh, seeing how, um, just depressed we were in, I lived in Southern California and we were at my, my neighbor's house and they were all BYU graduates and all like Utah transplants. And it was jazz bowls and, uh, just a lot of energy up and down. And then just a lot of depression yeah. <laughs> after Okay. And then, so you move in to back to Utah and then when is it when you get your first season tickets? How long were you in Utah until you got those? Um, so personally, I think 2017, 18. Um, but as for our, from our company, we've had tickets, I think since like 2010. Okay. So you kind of, you, you kind of missed the D will era, I guess then while you're going to post that. that. Yep. Okay. So, so you get that post then. So you're in, Right about almost, I guess it is the Donovan. Is it or was was uh, Hayward still here? Yeah, Hayward was here. I was here through okay. all the Hayward, the Hayward, the drama. I guess you could say the the wayward Hayward. Um, yeah, no, I, I was I was actually uh, working in Southern California when all of that was going on. Buddy Heald was my next door neighbor in my apartment complex um, before he drafted that year. It was actually like into training camps and working out with Kobe and, and stuff. And I remember seeing him a day before or day after the Hayward stuff and telling him we were, you know, I was a jazz fan and wishing him luck and, and everything. And, um, you know, it was, it was a, that's a memory of, of that. So, I mean, on your Instagram, you post a lot of pictures of you with like players and hanging out and things like that. So when exactly did that connection start? I mean, when did you start getting, I mean, you just talked about how you were roommate or not roommates, but next door neighbors to an NBA player. So is that kind of how, when your connection started to this whole thing? Um, yeah. Like it's, it's really, I think my, my career in, in sales and getting used to being comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? Like um, <clears throat> with my, with my job, especially earlier in my like sales career aspect of it, we'd literally walk up to a home, knock a door and, and look at the house, walk around the house with them, see if they had a need for pest control it wasn't like a car dealership or a mall, a mall store where people are coming in to your store to buy something from your store. You were, you know, you're cold approaching people and it's not the most comfortable job. And so I got used to just kind of talking to people. I, I, I'm not afraid to strike up a conversation in the line in the checkout line at the store or the gas station or something else. And, um, you know, through the job, I kind of made some sneaker connections and, and some people down in Southern California that got me, you know, into a little more into the sneaker community where I could secure pairs and um, kind of start building out my collection as well as help other people get shoes at a reasonable price. I'm sure you've looked at StockX and Goat and, you know, the resale markets there. Um, but uh, I try to kind of when I, when I work with players and stuff, I, I try to keep things above retail you know, if I, if I have to, but below what they'd pay in some other outlet. Um, and so I think my, my ability to talk to people and my ability to kind of read the room and adapt uh, paired with, 
my sneaker connections and kind of my own sneaker flipping and selling side hustle is really what introduced me to kind of the, the, the NBA, um, <clears throat> through, uh, yeah, through, I think through Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal. And then as trades have happened, as I kind of sold them sneakers and different things and, and help them with their tunnel fits and their pregame and postgame, you know, fits and gear and, and stuff like that. Um, trades have actually been an, an amazing thing for, for me and from like a business side where my name is now getting passed around to, you know, teams. I'm getting texts from all-stars and superstars and, um, you know, kind of the like asking for, you know, help finding a certain pair of shoes or a certain, you know, thing either for them or for their friend or family. And so that's kind of really where it really spiraled was back in like 18. <clears throat> and uh, it's just kind of grown like a snowball since then. And then you throw the elf stuff in and the jazz stuff. And I don't know, just kind of being in the right place at the right time. A lot of times has kind of uh, spiraled that. Wow. That's cool. I had no idea. That's how you had that connection there. I just honestly thought it had to do more with the elf thing and people just wanting photos with you, but the side hustle, man, that's awesome. I mean, that's another story. Just kind of just, you know, do, do your hustle and work your way up. That's cool. Um, so, you know, you, like you said, you talked about how you worked with Donovan and things like that. That team's kind of now gone. Um, any kind of real fun memories you want to share about that? I mean, you'd, like you said, you posted some cool photos of you hanging out with them outside of on the court and stuff like that. I mean, you don't have to share any kind of personal, you know, stories. They probably don't want out there, but anything maybe some of us fans don't know about that you'd like to share with us. Um, I guess fun, some, some cool memories would be, um, I mean, we had Donovan when he was a rookie, um, right when he was just drafted to the jazz and kind of in Utah doing his pre pre preseason workouts and getting settled in. We, uh, we, had, we work with a charity called nothing but nets at, at active. Um, it's now it's called, um, United to beat malaria, but it's through like the, um, uh, anyways, yeah. So nothing but that's Steph Curry is a big supporter of it as well. What it does is, is basically malaria mosquitoes are, are, is still a really big killer and danger in third world countries, especially. And, uh, the, the nothing but nets foundation will donate like pesticide treated netting for, to put around like the beds and windows and doors and stuff in, in, in malaria and mosquito heavy areas to keep them out of the living areas and, and keep, you know, families and stuff safe. So um, that's, we, we had originally asked Joe Ingalls to come and we were doing a, um, like a three point donation. So we were going to donate like $250 for every three pointer that the player made out of a hundred shots. Joe was going to do it, had a schedule conflict um, last minute. And Joe was going to be the big, you know, everyone knew Joe Ingalls in, in Utah. Nobody knew Donovan Mitchell at all. He hadn't played a single game yet, like nothing. And uh, so everyone was like, oh, Joe's not coming. And then Donovan shows up and uh, he makes, I think, 73 out of 100 three-pointers. So we ended up donating. Let me do the quick math. I'm not good at math. So 250 times like 73, it's like $18,000 or something um, to the, the Nothing But Nets Foundation. And so I got to meet, that was kind of my, that was one of the links that kind of got me kind of into that circle as well as there was, Hey, I, I, you came to my work and we, you did this. Also, I have, I do sneaker stuff on the side and like, it just kind of worked out. But uh, then Donovan plays, he rises to stardom. Like he's 
rookie of the year. He he was he should have he was rookie of the year in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, rookie of the year almost. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was a fun memory. Um, I got invited to the SP Awards um, that that following summer. I was on the red carpet with the after party with all the play. I, it was that was a cool cool experience as well. Was was being being you know all decked out in red carpet attire and um you know that was a that was a cool cool memory but there's just so many i mean the players are great um the jazz arena i mean just tons of memories you know in the arena as well whether it's you know me in the elf costume interacting with the jazz players or the opposing teams or um you know pat beverly ripping up my signs in the playoffs at staples center in my elf costume and throwing a fit i mean it's just a lot of just fun fun being a sports fan especially jazz right now so, I mean, obviously, I, I feel like you probably have a connection with the current ownership and Ryan Smith and things like that. But did you have any kind of relationship or friendship with the Millers or anything like that going on? So I knew um, I know um, Zane Miller fairly well. Um, his seats have been next to mine. We have some mutual friends and kind of similar network circles. And um, so I knew Zane very well. And then I've I have some loose connections to some of the kids through their spouses or, or people that have worked at Aptive or that I've known kind of through that. But I really didn't know the Millers very, very well, but I mean, reading, you know, uh, about Larry and hearing all the good things about him and just kind of how he ran the business and how he ran the team. And I mean, there's a lot to learn. I'd love to dive into like some autobiography or some biography stuff and learn more about Larry. He's a great man. So, and then Ryan, I mean, I'm sure you've, gotten to hang out with him a couple of times. What are your thoughts on him and what he's doing with the team now? I love it. I mean, I, I loved what the Miller family did with, with the team when they, when they had it. And um, I mean, Ryan's office, his head, headquarters, the Qualtrick headquarters is across the street from, from me here. Um, I don't get to interact with him very, very much. Cause he's busy, right? <laughs> like he's, he's everywhere at once. Um, when you become the owner of a basketball team, you become like a professional teleporter. Yeah, I, I would would be my my guess or or my I guess best explanation. But um but no, like I love what he's doing with the team. I I really love the rebrand, love the bright, bright, bright yellow jerseys, contrary mm-hmm. to popular popular uh unbelief. I mean I, I love I love that they're kind of just rebuilding the brand along with the new player base and that it's going to evolve into something, whether it's it's throwback or it turns into something different i think that that rebuilding the brand at the same time of a of a rebuild of a team is is a smart thing to do um and if you look at the eras of like the d will and then rudy coming in i mean there was like the the baby blue jerseys there's been the purples we had that green and kind of yellow combo for a minute like i think that every time we've kind of been in that building stage there has been a kind of a rebrand and then it always evolves back to the purple mountain, um, you know, as kind of a core thing. Lucky, I was I was along with your ride until you said you're into that yellow jersey. I mean, oh, I, dude, I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. I literally, I literally, we we made some track suits uh, at work for like an incentive prize. And when I I saw the jazz colors get announced, we were already in production, and like the the tracksuit top and bottom set that like our our active reps have that are branded that they get in January for you know a, a leadership thing match almost perfectly so I, I can't wait to have like ten of my active reps show up to the jazz arena 
in bright yellow track suits the same night that they're wearing the bright yellow jerseys. And it's going to be fun. I, I honestly love it. I mean, that's for sure going to get you guys some attention. So I guess no attention is bad <laughs> attention there. So, um, so you, you live in your office is down in Utah County. Are you in like the Provo area then? or Yeah, we're down in the river woods, river bottoms. So for anyone that doesn't, is not in Utah, or doesn't understand basically. So Salt Lake downtown area where the jazz arena is, is how far from where you live? How long does it take you to get there? It's about a 30, if no traffic, 30 with traffic, 45 to an hour and a half. Yeah. Depending on winter traffic versus, you know, non-winter. We have I mean, at least 35, 35 minutes. Man, that was, I got to say, that's some dedication. I mean, and then from, from my office, like 45 to 50 minutes. I got to stop complaining for me in my 15 minute drives. And, and then after the game, when there's traffic and stuff trying to get out of there, holy cow, I can imagine how long it takes you. So, yeah, I'm usually not cruising back home until 10, 45, 11, 1130 after, wow. after the games. But usually I kind of wait for traffic to die down. Sometimes I'll see if there's something going on with the players or if someone wants to go out and grab a, grab a drink or, you know, grab a bite to eat or whatever. And, um, yeah, and I just kind of wait for traffic to die down, and then I, I make it home a little bit later. But and, and seriously, I I'm, I'm, I know I said this earlier. You are a busy man. I mean, it took a while to get you here. Like, do you ever like how much sleep are you getting? Is it like three or four hours a night? I mean, I, I see mean, you've got the Red Bull machine behind you. I'm sure you're chugging those all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, the Red Bull a day keeps the the, the wings on, the tires the tires <laughs> away. I don't know. Um, no, like I I I sleep probably four to six hours a night. Um, but I. I mean, since I was little, I didn't sleep a whole lot. Even as a baby, I didn't have a lot of, I mean, I, in, in, in high school, I didn't sleep a whole lot. I had jobs. Like I worked at a movie theater, so I wasn't getting off work sometime until like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. Once the last movies were done up at 6am for swim practice or 5.30am for swim practice and water polo. So like, I, I don't, fu- I don't function, like I don't not function on low sleep. So four to five hours, six hours. And if I can squeeze in one nap a week, you know, on a Sunday, <laughs> I'm, I'm usually pretty good. That's crazy. All right. Well, let's get back to some of the basketball talk here. So you obviously you've got the season tickets and stuff like that. Any cool stories? Obviously you've probably been at tons of games where interesting things have happened. I mean, is there any, some things that have happened where you're like, I can't believe I was at that game or some funny stories. Um, I mean, honestly, more recently the Warriors game this week, right? That last <laughs> I mean, even like, I was like the last minute, nope, the last 45 seconds, nope, the last 11 seconds, like, no, the last six seconds, like that, that whole ending was just so nuts. It was playoff energy. Like I lost my voice. The crowd went nuts. Like anytime you see those or when bogey, uh, the buzzer beater shot against the bucks, I was there. Like anytime that something amazing happens, it's, it's usually pretty, pretty fun. Um, I think funny, funny stories. I was sitting um, I traded around my, my court side or my, my season tickets to someone else and kind of worked some things around. And I was sitting courtside by the um, Memphis, the Grizzlies bench. Uh, jaw was injured last, it was last season. So he was out on injury and um, it was really close fourth quarter, two minutes left. And we went into overtime, but I had during the timeout, he kind of walked in front of me and he was, he was hyped on his team. And I was like, he was like, we got this, we got this. I was like, let's put some money on it, you know, joking. And he was like, all right, I got a hundred bucks. Who, 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 who got a hundred bucks? And I was like, I, I, I'll, I'll do it. Let's go. And uh, so he's like, all right, bet. And, like shook my hand and then the timeout ended. And I was like, 
this team's probably not going to pay me. Like, we're going to win. Um, but then we tie up going to overtime. So I was like, hey, like, you know, double or nothing. Technically, um, we're, I was like, hey, like, let's let's double or nothing this one because we, we tied winning overtime. He was like, all right. So 200, I was like, yep. And uh, then we ended up winning the overtime. And sure enough, the game ends. Jaws looking at me, just smirking, like, oh, man, I got to pay this dude. He walks over, shakes my hand, tosses me 200 bucks. Uh, we grab a selfie. Um, and we've, and, you know, we've, we've kind of joked around. I've, I've been in touch with him since. And um, it's just a funny, just a funny story. Like, um, you know, that's, that's a fun one. Uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, Christmas. It was either the Christmas game or Christmas Eve game. Um, I think in 2018, Donovan was the player of the game, made like the winning shots, was the person that carried the team to the victory. Um, and instead of doing the water bottles that they used to do, you know, like they grab the water bottles, Rudy comes over, grabs my elf hat, like off my head, I'm in my elf costume, grabs my elf hat, walks over, throws it on Donovan. And like Donovan's like, you know, totally like doesn't know what's going on. Then he recognizes, you know, sees the hat, recognizes me. And then it's like that whole interaction was like Rudy pulling the hat off, putting on Donovan, Donovan doing his speech thing, his post-game interview with the hat on, then him and Rudy coming back over, like shaking my hand, giving me a hug, giving my hat back. So there's some cool photos, like some photos and videos from that. And occasionally when Don was on the team, that would kind of be the photo that would reemerge around the Christmas holiday time through like the different news outlets and stuff. And so it was kind of a, a cool, cool experience there. Has there ever been on the opposite side? Has there ever been an experience where you thought maybe you were being friendly with a player and they just weren't happy? I mean, you kind of talked about the Pat Beverly thing earlier. Has there been anything else where you thought you were maybe joking around with the player and they just turned around and told you to shut up or anything like that? Um, not really. I mean, I I I tend to play pretty like engaged fan, but not like there's lines to cross. Like there's lines that you you can cross, right? Like all like I don't call the refs by their name and like I, I don't throw out that kind of stuff like I'll, I'll I'll talk to the players a little bit and and joke around with them and things but I I try to just for me it's like I try to leave the world a better place than I found it and I don't want to be um if I'm distracting someone on a free throw or something it's because I'm being goofy or being you know stupid like waving my hands or something I'm not like say like you suck and like I don't know like I'm not saying something about their families or you know any of that kind of stuff but the the Pat Beverly thing though so I I we were we had to it was we had to win the game right it was it was gonna if we would have won it was game five I think down in in uh in LA um Don was injured but playing um Conley was injured but playing like we all remember that game because we we didn't do that Graham. We were, we could have won it. Jordan Clarkson went off at half and should, in my opinion, should have started um, back, you know, and, and anyway, so that's, I, I wasn't the coach, but I showed up. I was like, Hey, I'm going to be here. I'm gonna go to the game, pull out the elf costume. Like might as well. It's midsummer <laughs> in LA. It's hot, but um, if they're going to be out here sacrificing and, and working hard, I might as well try to bring at least some sort of spirit to the, to the game. Um, so I made some signs and one said, you know, I traveled through the, you know, from Salt Lake city through the gumdrop forest and blah, blah, blah. Like I took some lines from the movie and then it was like to watch the jazz win, um, you know, game five or five or six, I, whatever, um, had that sign. And then I had another sign and the longtime jazz fans, the longtime Joe Ingalls, 
and Paul George know that when Joe has a good game against Paul, it's like, oh, Joe's his dad. And there's the meme that shows up where Joe Ingles has, you know, Paul George on his shoulders. And then Paul George has a good game against Joe and Paul George is holding Joe Ingles as a baby. Like it's, it's always been this back and forth, like Joe's your dad or I'm his son or I'm his dad. Like that was you no know, nothing. I don't, I don't think like that was, that's ever been anything that's crossed any, any lines or anything crazy. So I brought a poster in, fit all the, the size guidelines. It went through all security. The picture was, um, a like a, a narwhal from the elf movie right the narwhal pops up is like bye buddy hope you find your dad and so the the narwhal was there with like a, a a voice bubble and it was by paul george i hope you find your dad and it was a picture of joe ingles with his like his his like thumbs up you know old old school picture and and the security let it through in, in the staples center another security check made it through the news, like the the ESPN announcers saw it, they were laughing. Everyone that saw it, even the, the Clippers fans were like, oh, that's good. Like, yep, yeah, like, haha. And uh so I had the signs and the like the TNT announcers were down sitting in front of me, and I was like row one on like the railing at the State Bro Center. So like all the floor seats were all down in front, but those were like the folding chairs, but I was railing up. Um and I was holding my signs up so they could grab some pictures. They were talking. One of the announcers, I can't remember his name, but he was like, I have these quotes. I'm going to be making jokes the whole time. You're going to be on camera. And uh, Pat Beverly finishes his warm-ups, and he sees some kind of commotion over there. He sees the camera people. He sees the news. And he sees my sign that I'm holding up the Bipol George, hope you find your dad. Um, you know, and, and before I, like, I'm going to put someone's name on a poster and say, you know, I hope you find your dad. Like I make sure their dad's alive, make sure that their dad was involved in their life. Like this wasn't going to be anything that could have been taken like out of proportion, like Paul George's family, you know, like nothing, nothing was wrong with it. And, uh, Pat Beverly walks over and I think, okay, like, I've, I've met him before in, in other interactions. I think he maybe recognizes me in the elf costume or out of the elf costume. I think he's coming over to like, shake my hand, dab me up. And he, so he climbs over A, B, C of chairs, walks up, grabs my signs. Like, so granted he came into the, you know, the, the, the fan stands, which don't put it past Pat Beverly to do something like that. Grabs my signs out of my hand, rips them up, rips them up again, rips them up again, throws them on the floor, steps on them, picks them up again, throws them in the trash, and then just walks off the court. And uh, it was probably the craziest interaction I've ever had because he didn't say a word literally just walked over, grabbed the signs and like walked backwards, tearing them up without breaking eye contact and then turns around and walks off the court. Uh, then security pulls me out right before the game and they, you know, they're like, Hey, we want to talk to you about the Pat Beverly incident. And I'm like, okay, well, where he came into the stands and took my personal property and destroyed my personal property. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. And they're like, no, like, we, we, we've heard that something was written on the sign that wasn't appropriate and we're going to pull them out of the trash, kind of piece them together. And if it turns out that you said something inappropriate on these signs that we're going to ban you from the Staples Center, that means no Lakers games, no Kings games, no Clippers games, no concerts. Like, and I'm like, dudes, I, I'm in a freaking elf costume. I'm here to have a good time. Like I just, can I go back to my, my seat? And they're like, yeah, we have to finish investigating this first. And um, you know, then they, they let me back to my seat. Um, and like, I, you know, I, I didn't ever, I didn't want to go Karen on them or, you know, whatever, whatever the term is, Kevin, I don't know what the, the male Karen is, but um, like this was, you know, recently after 
the, you know, a lot of the Westbrook and jazz fans are racist and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so I was like, I'm, I'm in their arena. Dwayne Wade's here. Ryan Smith's here. I'm one of the few jazz fans and I'm in a freaking elf costume. I don't want to do anything that's going to make the jazz, my state, you know, the players, the ownership look bad. So instead of like pushing the issue or saying like, you know, get me a copy of the security footage. I want to see this. Like you guys should see this running into the NBA, trying to get Pat Beverly fined. Like none of that was, I was like, I just want to go back to my seat and, and enjoy the game. Um, my buddy runs the cameras in the green room at the, at the arena. And he had texted me when he first saw me walk in. He's like, Hey, are you here at the game in your elf costume? Yep. Awesome. You're gonna get a ton of camera time. I've already told camera crews, like, this is going to be awesome. And I didn't expect that to happen. Didn't even remember he was, he was working the green room. And then he texts me, you know, into first quarter saying, Never mind. I got a memo saying avoid the elf, avoid showing the elf on camera, uh, unless absolutely necessary. So like I went from this one high of like, it's gonna be fun, I'm gonna have pictures and signs to like shadow band at the Clippers at the <laughs> Staples Center. Um, all because of a sign that had meaning, had history, and had a line from my elf movie, you know. Man, that that short period where he was a jazz man, I'm sure you got excited about the possibilities I, of reuniting was, with him. <laughs> so yeah, like honestly, like I had I had joked around with the with uh with the jazz bear about like showing up into the airport with like welcome signs in our elf costumes. <laughs> um my 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 honestly, my my goal with 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 Pat Beverly and if he you know listens to this podcast was to either become his biggest troll or his best friend. Like, and not in a bad way, trolling in a bad way, but I I don't let the elf costume come out unless it's like a crazy playoff situation or Christmas time. But if Pat Beverly is setting foot in the, in the Vivint arena for the rest of his career, I think the elf costume is going to be worn whenever he's, he's at the game. Mm-hmm. I think it's only fitting. Um, and he, he has to remember, there's no way he doesn't remember ripping up the sign of an elf jazz fan. So um, when he was on the team, actually, I was really excited. I, I personally like, Pat Beverly as a, as a player on your team, because he's a player that nobody wants to play against. Right. And so if he's a player that nobody wants to play against, he's probably a good person to have on your team. And when, and the, I mean, the Timberwolves loved it. Like anyone, any team he's been on his, the fan base loves him. Um, He's super loyal, has the team's back. He's very kind of Crowder, kind of gritty and um, he'll run his mouth. He's, you know, he's a trash talker like Joe and, um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, uh, I was actually excited to have him on the team for a minute. Yeah, I was on that same boat. So, well, let's talk about the newer team. Obviously you talked about how you had the connect, the good connection with a, a Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles and all those guys who are no longer on the team. So maybe let's go through the thought. How was your thought when you, I mean, you had to have known at the end of the last season, that it was probably time for a whole new team coming in. What was your thoughts about that? And when it all went down with the trades and everything? Yeah. I was surprised. I mean, I, 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 I thought it was going to be either Donovan or Rudy. Right. And then like the Rudy thing happened and then Donovan still got traded. And um, I, I mean, I, again, I, I'm not a big like movie critic where it's like, if, if one thing was wrong in the movie, it's a horrible movie. If like, if I'm, if I'm entertained, I'm, I'm happy. Like I'm very low maintenance. It's like, I just want to see a team that is having fun, that is competitive and working, you know, working hard and I think we could all feel kind of the the high expectation to defeat that we they, that 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 team had kind of experienced for a few years in a row. Um, so I think we kind of all had felt like the same, like okay, there's something's going to change in this team, whether it's Rudy or Donovan or both. Um, something is going to change, and so I've 
I wasn't like, obviously love, love Donovan, um, love Rudy would have loved for them both to still be here. Uh, but with them, I just, all I wish is that they have amazing careers and that they remember their roots, remember where they started and, um, you know, have a good, clean, clean career and a good, good life. Um, but yeah, it was a shock. I mean, I, Rudy, Rudy's a good, good friend and Donovan Royce, um, George Yang, uh, Joe, like, yeah, seeing like everybody <laughs> that I knew, like get shipped off was like, oh man, like, who am I going to say hi to now at the games? Um, uh, Jordan Clarkson is, is phenomenal. Was super, super grateful that Jordan is still here on the team. Um, Mike's been great. So I think that like, I think my, my biggest like non-negotiable was like, just don't, don't trade Jordan Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, that was my, my thing just cause just him as a person on and off the court, good guy, brings some energy, brings, um, you know, the, the vibe as, as people say, like just an all around good dude and a fun person to, to watch play and watch on and off the court. He's, he's good. And I think that he's one of the few people I think in the NBA right now that, that have played with both LeBron and Kobe and been in the locker rooms with them and stuff. And so I think there's to me, like my Kobe ism and my Laker fan, um, you know, my Laker fan, fan, you know, roots as well, or are, are loyal to, to Clarkson. And I, I see the benefit that he has on the team. And um, yeah, so I guess those are the ones that are really left. Um, was there another part of the question? Sorry. I just kind of started <laughs> spewing jazz jazzisms it's funny i always said when this whole stuff was going to trading players and stuff and you know at the time we were all thinking everyone was going including clarkson but i was like it makes sense to keep clarkson because you got to have someone that can still sell the jerseys i mean we got these new jerseys you got to have someone that can still sell them so i, I mean, felt right. safe when they made him the jersey like the jersey poster child mm-hmm. you know like i was like okay they wouldn't have put him in the jersey if they were planning on trading him <laughs> uh, and I, but I was also like, it was very telling that they're, that they didn't have Rudy or Donovan, the, you know, the, the faces of the jazz wearing the jerseys on the billboards and the season promotions and the Instagram. But again, like Jordan just brings that swagger with him and, and he just brings, you know, he brings it to the table. So love him for that. So I mean, speaking of Clarkson, this is something I want to ask. Cause you know, I, you've gotten to get to hang out with him a little bit off the court and stuff like that. And, for us fans, he seems like he's pretty outgoing and stuff like that. Is he like that in real life? Is he really like outgoing, easy to vibe with, yeah. and things like that? Oh yeah, what whatever he. I mean, at least again with my limited knowledge, as well as not like wanting to be like too specific with with stuff like this with the players' like personal lives. Right. Like when he's with his, you know, with his kid, like he's like with his kid, like he's in, embraced and enveloped and enveloped in being the dad and like. When he's with the team, he's with the team. When he's with his, like, he is just, he's in the moment. When he's in the moment, he's like focused on that. And I think that that's, that also is showing on the court. Like when the, the score gets close or when jazz are down, like he dials in and he, you know, lights the, lights the flamethrower flame on and gets, you know, gets rolling. I just love that he, I I love that, um, that coach Snyder kind of let him come off the bench and just do his thing. Like when he first came out, coach wasn't trying to like tell him you have to play this way or that way. It just seemed like he was like, okay, you come off the bench. If you get the ball, you can shoot it. Like, and that was his thing. And now to see him starting and like, I just, I love it, dude. On and off the court. He's just honestly um, out of the, you know, the people that I do know in the league, honestly, one of the best, 
one of the best people um, in the league and just one of the best human beings that I know. Well, and, and kind of the newer players, have you had a chance to maybe get, I mean, I, I know you did recently that thing with uh, Beasley. You did a kind of a Santa thing at the target yeah. and stuff like that. Have you gotten to know some of the newer players yet? Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, Sexton and, and Kelly. So Colin and Kelly and uh, Malik, a um, little bit of Vanderbilt. Um, trying to think who else. I haven't met Markin yet, but I, I think that uh, it would be cool to see me and Jazz Bear and Lowry in elf costumes because he already has the hair you know <laughs> right I, I, and closer to christmas i think it'd be funny to see a a tunnel a tunnel fit pick or a pregame fit pick with me and the jazz bear behind him and him walking in full full elf <laughs> glory um you know so if, if uh the jazz pr team's listening to this make it happen um but uh but yes yeah, so like i i don't know him very very well yet at all but, you know, the elf comes out and like they get to start seeing it. They realize, you know, like it kind of it bridges gaps because they're like, oh, you're the elf guy. OK, why do you do it? And I tell them kind of how it started, why why I dress up and what kind of spun into me wearing the elf costume during the Christmas season. And um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love love Colin and um, Kelly and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I had a friend that that were played with Kelly back in college that texted me when he, when he came to town saying, Hey, he likes, uh, you know, good restaurant spots. Um, here's, you know, Kyle, he lives up there. Hey, Kyle, here's Kelly. What are some places he can go find to eat and find a good sushi spot or find a good, you know, steakhouse. And so I, you know, texted some links and um, that's just kind of how it happens. Like it, it evolved from sneakers to like helping them with who's going to groom their dog or who's going to be their cleaner or who's going to hang their Christmas lights. And, just kind of evolved into this like concierge type of like Kyle knows somebody that knows somebody so he can help you get it done. That's kind of cool. You're like the welcome to Utah. Let me show you around guy. Kind of. yeah, that's kind of cool. So yeah. you keep, you've mentioned the fit thing and this is something I've thought about a lot recently. It's even gotten to the point where like they're even doing it on the jazz broadcast where they're showing like what the team's wearing when they walk in, how, how big is that for the players? Like, are they planning that out like weeks or months in advance? Like what they're going to wear to games and things um, like that? I, mean, I don't think, about, I don't think weeks or months. I think some, sometime, I mean, most, most players have a stylist or have someone that's there to help them for like post game, pre game or events and charity things to like look good for interviews and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so like, I guess some, some outfits are probably longer in the pipeline. Like, Hey, here's this, when it's done being tailored and ready, here's this, then you can wear it. Uh, but most of them, right. They want to wear like a new, you know, like a hype pair of sneakers or something that looks good. And, and uh, but yeah, I mean, they, I think that the goal, right. Is, is exposure. Anytime that you are on the court or off the court, getting good exposure, whether it's in fashion or in charity or visiting hospitals or, working through your own organizations or um, playing basketball with like the junior jazz and showing up for the smaller group or having a killer game. If you, as a player or even, I mean, anybody with you, I mean, you understand the importance of your brand, your, you know, your, your Instagram and your Twitter and stuff is, is without that brand recognition, that following, like you don't have much with, with it. And so every, everybody, myself, like the players, you, you are your brand nowadays with social media. And if you can, what you're wearing can get reposted on GQ or league fits or, um, you know, BR kicks, you know, bleacher report kicks or, or, you know, any of those kinds of things. Um, 
that's always good because it, it makes you relevant more than just your basketball audience are going to see those things. And that's going to lead to more fandom, more people following people might be following, you know, Jordan because of fashion, other people might be following because of basketball, other people might be following because of cars or because of, because he you know, his ties to, to the Philippines. Like um, anytime you can get exposure for anybody, I think, you know, especially the players, um, that means leads to better brand deals, endorsement deals, sponsorships. And if someone's like, Hey, this guy's swaggy or this guy has some swagger to him, let's get him some free shoes or let's get him on a sneaker deal or let's get him on a brand deal or a clothing deal or, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, that kind of stuff has led to the Lululemon stuff with JC and um, yeah. So I think that's on and off the court, their brand and their exposure is, is super, super important. Well, and we're getting close to wrapping up here. So let's, let's finish up with some actual jazz basketball talk here in the current team, obviously big fan. You are, what are your thoughts on the current team this year? I mean, obviously we've all heard it's tank, tank, tank this year, draft picks, draft picks. It doesn't seem to be happening. So let's go to the plan B here. So are you like, realistically, are you thinking they're a playoff team? Are they a second round team? Where would you, where would you say, I want them to get to here and I'm, I'm satisfied with this team this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a jazz fan, so I'm delusional. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're a playoff team. We are, we are a playoff team. I mean, at least, at least into the first round, second round, I would actually love, I would love to see us make it into the second round with this kind of scrappy young, um, you know, young team. I, I love the team, dude. Like I, I think that we're in a really good direction. We have a ton of draft picks on reserve that uh, whether we use them to actually pick up first rounders and, and rookies or not, like to, or to broker for some other players, I, I think, and again, I don't have any insider knowledge and, and, you know, this is my, my opinion, but I think that the jazz, you know, org has kind of shifted from rebuild blow up to like kind of shrink, fortify and expand. Like I think they, versus blowing it up and starting out and waiting for three or four years from now, five years from now to be a really good team. I think that we have some key people right now that we can build around and, and whether we get, uh, what's his name? Uh, the young, yeah. Whether we get in Victor or not, like originally drafted to, to the team. Um, I mean, look, if, if the, you know, the Timberwolves have a bad season, we have that pick or we could package up a bunch of picks and give those picks plus some, some people away to maybe pull them in still eventually. Like I, I, we don't draft them. I'm not too worried. I mean, we didn't draft Rudy. We didn't draft Donovan. Like we, the jazz office has always had a way at getting some good people. Um, Maybe not the first round, like number one prospect, but um, yeah, I, 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 I'm excited to see where we go. I think the team right now, there's no ego in play or not at least not a lot of ego there's also not a lot of expectations like nobody's like you have to make it you're a playoff like you're you're a western conference finals contender you're a contender you're a contender they're just like hey keep winning go play go have fun stay healthy and play like i mean obviously win win is in there um but i don't think that i think if you're if you people can get so focused on winning like just like the the not the the act of winning but the destination of being a winner that like that becomes pretty heavy and stressful and i i this team is is last year's team as a whole felt like very destination focused 
and the new team feels very much like journey, like they're embracing, they're just enjoying the journey and knowing that that journey will lead them somewhere beautiful or somewhere fun. And if that means the playoffs, then it means the playoffs. And if they can make it, they're going to step it up, um, up a notch. And so I, I, I think that they're, they're a playoff contender. Um, but, but who knows? I mean, I've seen crazier things happen in both ways. I've seen teams that should be the winner, clear winner based on their draft and their teams and how their lineup is and their starting lineups. And they don't even make it into the playoff tournaments. And I've seen teams that, you know, weren't looking too good, make it into the playoff, the, the play in tournament or the, you know, make it in a low seed and go on and win the, win the whole thing. So that's, yeah. uh, that's basketball. I, th- I think, I mean, I, I fell deep into the hole of we're going to suck this season coming in and all that. And I have to say, you know, in the last month now, I'm, I finally am like, you know what? I'm just having fun with this. This team's fun. Enjoy. And like you said, the no ego thing is exactly, I mean, any game you have no idea who's going to be the leading scorer. Is it going to be Mark? Yeah. Is it going to be Clarkson? It's just fun to watch. And, you know, I think there's even like last night when they were playing the Timberwolves, that just that little thing where they're ready to go to war with each other. It's like, you know, yeah. I love to see that. I mean, I hate to say it. I almost felt like that was this last team. I didn't see that where I didn't feel like they yeah. would go to war with each other. This team, yeah. I feel it. So it is, it is awesome to see that. So uh, to kind of wrap this up, I mean, anything else you'd like to say to jazz fans, what anything to, for the team, anything going on with your company there, anything you'd like to share? Um, No, I mean, I think that the jazz again, as they're building their brand out and kind of as Ryan's kind of putting his mark on the jazz as a brand, as a team, as an icon, I like the direction they're going with, with the jazz, with the in, in arena entertainment. Um, but I think, I think the jazz team and organization is in really, really good hands with Ryan and his wife and Dwayne Wade and the the other partners and, and owners. I'm, I'm excited for them. Um, I'm excited for the rest of the season, obviously praying for healthy players and quick injury recoveries and no re-aggravated hands, hamstrings from, you know, from Mike Conley. And, uh, we're we're uh you know we're we're there um i'm trying to think of anything anything else that well is there anything uh, going on with your company right now let's let's plug your company there are you guys hiring some folks right now you need oh to- yeah yeah absolutely I mean, we're, we're yeah we're we obviously have our, our corporate offices down here in provo uh we have a, a service office up in sandy and then we have you know 180 or 70 locations nationwide uh but yeah we are we're always gearing up for the summer and uh you know looking for for sales sales reps to go out and work whether it's in utah locally or you know in in our core markets across the u.s and so yeah if if people are looking for a job or a change of pace or any opportunities i mean we're we're growing rapidly and we'd love to have people dm me or reach out if they're looking for a job whether it's uh we have our legal team we have a a developer team in-house we have you know finance accounting marketing uh, production, so video, film, sales. I mean, we have, there's a lot of people that can find a good place here at the company to work with. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for, you know, the potential future partnerships with the jazz. I mean, you saw the Aptiv jazz Qualtrics uh, bag that Tony Finau signed the other night. Um, you know, on one side says jazz, the other side is Aptiv. And it, that's a cool, cool experience working with Tony and seeing Tony and Ryan and like kind of them, I'll do stuff as well as Tony working with Qualtrics. Like it's, it's some cool, there's some cool stuff. The future is bright for, for the jazz. The future is bright for Aptive and, and honestly, the future is bright for Utah. I'm, I'm excited to to be here and to be a business that's here and to be around a team that's, that's growing the way that the jazz is growing. 
See, that's how you're a good salesman. You got me right now wanting to buy into whatever company you're you're selling right now. I'm all in. Let's, <laughs> why don't you tell people where can they find you on Instagram and where else are you on Twitter and things? Yeah, like that? so um, I need to get more active on Twitter, but uh, my Instagram is at the Great Elbow, T H E G R E A T E L B O W. I will never message you for crypto investing opportunities or any of those all the fake accounts that pop up and try to add you. I'm just the one with the Great Elbow. No periods, no asterisks, no spaces. Um, that's me. Then my my company one is uh, at Aptive Sales, and then Aptive dot Environmental uh, on Instagram. And so yeah, any of those you can um, reach out to me on my personal DM me. I'm pretty good at checking direct messages, friend requests, message requests, and uh, yeah, I would love to to talk shop or talk jazz, talk work, talk talk pest control, talk sneakers, talk whatever. I, I love just helping where I can and networking where I can. Awesome, man. Well, this is a great conversation. We'll have to do this again whenever you're available, probably in two years again. That's fine. <laughs> no, we, we can make it happen. We'll make it happen sooner, sooner than later. We'll, we'll, uh, let's talk around the playoffs. Awesome. Or All-Star All Star weekend, maybe. All-Star for sure. For sure. I'm excited for that. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, and thanks for representing the community, dude. Like, honestly, you're, what you do here and what you're doing as far as information on social platforms and your love for the jazz and your support for the team um and and the community and with you reaching out and doing the giveaways and promotions like you're you're crushing it and uh, i appreciate having you as a as a friend and and as a a driving force of jazz fandom uh here so thank you oh thanks i appreciate it i'm blushing now (laughs) all right man thank you very much no problem have a good day see ya see ya